and party in the back. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. Michelle, I did my first podcast today at 6 a.m. on my other Ooh. podcast, so that's why I screwed up the intro is because I forgot what was happening. You thought you were doing your other podcast. I was doing yoga at 6 yeah, and I'm right into the yoga class, which was beautiful outdoors, watching the sun oh, come up. for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. uh, the theme for today, Lauren, is the side hustle. We flagged this in our last episode and we're going to take a look at ways we can actually make a little bit of extra cash on the side, which is uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. We spoke to an expert. We did. And um, no spoiler alert, we will tell you a little bit about that in, uh, in a bit. But um, our listener at home, we want you to stay with us. So not skip ahead to that interview. So stay with us. Enjoy the ride. Today's episode is brought to you by Raw Raw Consulting and the Raw Raw Spirit Team. And I'd love to give you a free gift, which is a 15-minute time management video. So basically, it's quick and simple time management tips you can use right now. And if you are interested in starting a side hustle, time management is going to be a skill that you definitely need to harness because it's very difficult to do everything all at the same time aka you can't do that so this free time management video gives you actionable things that you can do to really set yourself on the path of success so yes love that but, um, love the free gifts yeah before we get to that though michelle why don't you tell me a bit about your week what have you been up to um, yeah, it's been, been really full on just preparing for that mentoring uh, session that I'm starting next week. So I've got a, a couple of different days where I've got, um, different groups I'll be mentoring, which is, um, so much fun. I just can't wait for that. I've really missed doing those gatherings, you know, those little circles I was doing from my place and having the ladies yeah. here. But as I discussed to you, um, previously, you know, off air, uh, I am thinking that maybe I need to have everyone online. There was a debate that I was talking to you about whether I have people physically here and online and try and juggle both. And it's making me yeah. very nervous. And I am thinking to, of um, taking your advice and just recommending that everyone do it from their home, which is upsetting because people are living, a lot of people live really close to me. So it's really easy for them to get here. But I think it is difficult managing two audiences. You know, I think either we yeah. do all online for one group and then maybe we do, you know, all together, you know, for a separate group. Maybe I'll look at doing that next time. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's just those little teething issues, I guess, that I'm trying to iron out this week ahead of next week. So yeah, really excited. Yeah, can't wait for the that. The thing is so. that you're going to learn from your first experience and yeah. you might go, okay, I've got the agenda and the schedule down pat. Yeah. Now I feel comfortable entertaining two audiences, but yeah. I can tell you right now, you're trying to engage with people on the computer. Someone's phone goes off beside you. You're distracted. Joy, yeah. Joy's, um, Michelle's cat is like bugging somebody in the odd, in, you know, the real life yeah. and you're trying to, you know, it's just, I think, yeah. It's a lot to manage. It's mostly for the people at home that might, or online that might be feeling not part of it. Yeah. I mean, I even think that you could even break it up, like have one group face-to-face uh, -face and do an hour with them and then a group online and do an hour with them. You know, you could even do that back-to-back -back sure. if that time suits, you know. So it'll be yeah. just a matter of sort of fine-tuning that, but it's all starting next week and I'm really excited. Um, yeah. So how That's about awesome. you? Uh, working hard? Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of like you, you know, work seven days a week. I think it's hard because... You know, right now at the restaurant, I worked Saturday and Sunday last week yeah. and I just, I get tired after I work there because it's a lot and being, you know, running around and dealing with a lot of stuff, it, you know, you're exhausted after. And then I'm running my 
you know, rah-rah during all during the week also. So yeah, I guess this is me trying to say that yesterday I tried to take a day off. And I thought, all right, I'm going to watch movies all day. I'm going to read, finish my book, which I did. And then the power was off all day. So I thought, okay, I can allow myself to feel bummed out. And I did sort of, I guess, feel sad because I wanted to watch a movie. Oh, so you're sitting there I, with like I, nothing, <laughs> no entertainment. Yeah, so <laughs> no entertainment, I just wanted to chill out. And, and you know, on the side, I will tell you too, I had brought in a bunch of work into the living room because I thought I'll put the TV on, watch a movie, AKA like just have it on while I do some fun work, like mm -hmm. still on my business. Cause I just thought I can't just, I don't know. I have a hard time taking a full day off. I know you would, you would understand me where I'm yeah, at. Same. Um, but I ended up finishing that book. Uh, you know, how to bring out the magic in your mind is it was an incredible read. I meditated and then I had one of my computers had enough charge that I was able to put on a movie near the end of the day. So yes, yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that this afternoon, I'm going to take part of the afternoon off too, because I realized that, you know, I need to cultivate some opportunity as well to rest because mm. I tend to do a lot. And uh, I think that, you know, I know that we're not as productive if we don't allow re rejuvenation time as well. And yeah. it's interesting that that book, um, how to bring out the magic in your mind. He was talking at the end of it about the importance of having a hobby and a hobby was, you know, was something that, you know, he was using examples of people who have trains that they build model trains and set them up or some people garden and they have rose, rose gardens or they sew or they do. And I thought, I don't really have a hobby. I mean, does reading count as a hobby? I think so. I think well, it does. If you were going to list yeah. hobbies on a job application, you would put like reading, wouldn't you? Like if they were saying, what are your hobbies? You probably put reading because yeah. it's not just yeah. activities. Yeah. Sometimes I'll ask, you know, what sport you do, or what activities, but I think a hobby, I would say reading. Yeah. A pastime really a pastime hobby. Yeah, I guess. I just thought, well, does that count? Because it's something basically that... Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it doesn't earn you money. Like, it's not like it's a, it's not a side hustle. Yeah. It's not, you know, what we're talking about today. Um, it's yeah. something that you just kind of do in your spare time. Yeah. So last yeah. night I decided I would start reading a fiction book, treat myself. Cause I read a lot of nonfiction and I yeah. started rereading how to win friends and influence people again. Nice. And, um, and I thought maybe I need to do a little bit of imagination time. So I'm escapism. Yeah. I yeah. Think so, cause you know, we can't just be work, 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 work all the time, even if we love it. But yeah. I love, I do love it. So it's kind of, do you see how it's tricky? Yeah. I'm a bit um, the opposite to you. I've been reading a lot of um, the fiction and um, oh. it's um, quite interesting because my books, uh, the book I chose, it's one of these ones I got from a garage sale. I got a whole bunch of things from a garage sale and it's uh, very sexy, Lauren. I'm just going to put, leave it Ooh. there. Um, in line with your song choices back in the day when we did the, um, you know, our top songs, our top 10, I think oh. um, <laughs> yeah. a little on those lines. Yeah. And, um, very nice. sexy. And so I've been up till midnight because I keep, I'm like, when's it, when's it? Oh yeah, this is pretty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And then we get into a, like a down period and I'm like, all right, I can go to sleep now. But I'm reading till midnight. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. And I had to get up this morning at, you know, six for yoga. And I'm like, I did go to bed properly. I didn't touch the book. It was very tempting. Um, I left the book alone and I went to sleep That's and so I felt funny. good. I got up and did yoga. Oh my God. 
So, um, yes, uh, book choices are, are important. Um, and yeah. yes, I, uh, very much like reading my book to midnight and I need to stop doing that. It's not good for my, um, sleep. Yeah, it's not good when you get up early. You know, yeah. what's funny, Michelle is, um, I really love reading books. This is going to sound hilarious about food and about, <laughs> oh my God. So like about like books. cooking and no, not recipe books. Okay. So let me explain. So I, I found this new genre or sorry, maybe it's not new, but I found that there's a genre of book that I actually like. It's called food fiction. And it's basically fictional stories. I know your eyes are like saucers. It's like fictional stories, but it's centered around food. So for example, I read one book and it was this woman owns a restaurant and Monday night she does cooking classes. And so people come and it talks about the things that they cook, how they chop everything up, the smells, the textures, the colors of all the food and how it all goes together. And then the fictional part as well was about, um, you know, the stories of all the people that come and do this Monday night cooking class. Another one is like water for chocolate. That's a really amazing book. There was one, um, story where the woman was like crying into the cooking and it was all about the smells and the spices that she uses and all that. And then everyone who ate the food started crying because of all the emotion that she put it in. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I love terrifying. eating. Like, it's terrifying. Fabulous. Drinking it's someone's so tears. What is going on? Oh yeah. Well, that part. Yeah. But oh. it's about, it's like, wow. but it reminded me because it's a bit it's like food porn. You know, people look that up online, like that, like beautiful food and they see it all being cooked and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. In, um, in food fiction books, they do talk in a very sensual manner about preparing food and, um, sauteing until the, um, onions are like, you know, like Manu with his French accent or something. Yeah. I'm butchering this whole experience, but I will, yeah, I'm just saying that your your confession there reminded me of my um your other favorite situation. genre which is food food fiction yeah it's so funny so like there's one where uh, there was a book i read and it was all centered around a bakery so it was all the different cakes she was making and the all the ingredients that goes into that and yeah it was really <laughs> wonderful anyway we're getting <laughs> off topic some food porn i was uh cooking dinner while i was talking to my best friend last night and i had my ipad i was walking around with my ipad cooking dinner and i was making cauliflower soup yeah cauliflower right? soup. that's pretty sexy and she's like, definitely Can you talk not. to me. <laughs> the cauliflower is, is a sexy part of that. She's like, can you talk to me like Nigella Lawson while you're doing that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. And she did ask me, she's like, like who talk me through what you're doing? Do the Nigella Lawson. Oh yeah. You know, sexy. Yeah. Sexy thing. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. It's a uh, cauliflower soup and it's uh, not very sexy. Yeah. It's um, not glamorous. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the word cauliflower. It's just not very, you know, not very sexy. Yeah. All no. right. So what are we uh, what are we doing this week anyway? Back on track. Uh, enough of our food porn. What's going on this week? Yeah, so our theme this week is all about side hustles. I think you talked about it at the top of the hour. So basically I think you know, last week Michelle and I had a bit of a debate as to whether or not what a side hustle actually mm. is. Um, because I thought maybe Michelle didn't have a side hustle, but then she she said she did have one. And then, well, anyway, yeah, so I looked not the way we're defining it, but yeah, I felt like it was yeah. sort of a, another sort of income, another income stream, you know, aside from what you're, what you're doing 
Um, yeah. with, you know, so I went online and I Googled it. Okay. What the definition of an actual side hustle is. This is the definition. A side hustle is any type of employment undertaken in addition to one's full-time job. A side hustle is generally freelance or piecework in nature, providing a supplemental income. Side hustles are often things a person is passionate about, rather, um, rather day or a typical what? Rather than a typical day job. Yeah, rather than a typical day job, um, worked in order to make ends meet. So, side hustle nailed it. Right. Yeah. So I kind of was of the assumption that you needed to be responsible for your own, you know, that you were almost your own boss to have a side hustle, but that's not true necessarily. So you can have a full-time job and work for someone. So for me, working at the restaurant is a side hustle technically. Well, is it your dream though? Because it's saying that it's, um, it's uh, something that you're passionate about. Are you passionate about it? Um, all right. Cause that's a definition we're sort of using. It's like right. that hobby, what you were talking about with the hobby and turning that into something that you can earn money with. I mean, I enjoy myself when I'm there and I'm good at it, but it's not a thing I want to do full time. Mm. So, so no, so it's us. not a side hustle, it's just a job. <laughs> Perhaps, okay. not. Perhaps not. So basically I thought I was part of this conversation, but I'm actually not. <laughs> okay. We'll see you later. And I'll yeah, exactly. I'll finish up. Um, a really good example right. of a side hustle, and I will talk about um, really good examples that I do have later where people are really aligning with it. Yeah. So it's like that passion. Yeah. It's like, this is my passion, and I'm incorporating this into like my business, and, and it's an income stream, and it's yeah. awesome. really good examples. One of the ones um, I spoke to you about when we decided to do this show, this episode, is um, a lady contacted me because I was in the same community group as her and she thought I might live in the area. Um, she saw that I was a journalist, um, didn't realise that I wasn't a journalist anymore. And she literally just contacted me because she's like, I haven't met anyone. I just want to make friends, you know? Um, hi. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. <laughs> and a part of our conversation, I just really respect that. Part of our conversation was around her studying at Airbnb and I actually did a reading for her and looked at that and, and Goldmine came up and funnily enough, she lives in Gympie. So there's gold mines everywhere. So gold mine came up and now they're looking at properties, potentially having like a gold mine on the property, like an actual gold mine um, and having oh. an Airbnb. Yeah. Around that. So at the I moment, love gold. Trialing it, yeah, well, everyone does at the moment they're trialing it in the place they're in, but it's not perfect, but you know, Airbnbs, you know, stuff like that. It's like, we're in our home. Yeah. She's working remotely. She's like, she's already there anyway. So she can manage, mm. you know, if they've got questions, you know, whatever. Um, so I think stuff like that is great because it's this passive income. People are coming and staying, they're enjoying your property and then they go, you know, it's not like you're getting flatmates. And I think back in the day, everyone had flatmates. Now, if you've got the, um, the separate living and stuff like that, and you can do, you know, can Airbnb, what a great idea because they go on their way. Someone else comes, you know, I think it's great. So that's where uh, I was sort of going with, you know, the side hustle idea, I guess. The other thing too, and not to do a spoiler alert, but our interviewee, um, our guest, she actually talked about how, you know, jobs aren't secure, especially, you know, nowadays with COVID Michelle and I know yeah. that better than anyone. And, you know, having a side hustle almost makes you feel a little bit less worried about, about that if you're generating an income stream. So, you know, Michelle and I think we should talk, um, you know, briefly, like super brief for people, maybe this is their first episode that they've been listening to us. But before that, I will say that other suggestions for side hustles could include 
you know, buying and selling products and selling them on eBay, for example, or selling them at garage sales or pawn shops and things like that. Because sometimes you can buy things in bulk or you can buy things for cheap and you can resell them for more money. Yeah. Now, if you listen to the episode with uh, Michelle's dad, Wayne Price, he does, you know, make a reference of other side hustle streams. So I would, I would encourage you to go check out our episode on money, money, money. And he does talk about as well, you know, to be sure of your tax that you're claiming tax and and uh, or claiming that income and stuff like that to watch out so michelle and i just wanted to make sure that that was really clear as well that you know building a side hustle that you still need to you know essentially claim that yeah. um, another thing you could do for people who are looking at at buying or, or starting a side hustle but not sure what to do is you know selling your services or doing consulting and I think that you know sometimes people don't know how to get started and I guess my recommendation for that would be get started for free initially mm. build up a positive reputation get your testimonials and then eventually you can start to charge for these sort of things and Michelle talked last week about I'm pretty sure this was on our on this conversation it wasn't off a conversation but about pricing and how you know your pricing mm. can change as you yeah. as you grow and as you you know become more established in whatever area so you know i think sometimes there's a bit of a um maybe pressure to have a side hustle that's turning over a lot of revenue right away but really that's you know probably not going to happen it's about playing the long game i would think mm. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. So, so maybe let's talk briefly about, you know, how our side hustles kind of saved our butts. Yeah. Um, we yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't probably consider my main business a side hustle, but I guess I would because it is my passion. It does kind of fit into that, you know, description that you just gave there, the definition. Yeah. I mean, I, I you were doing what, that before, right? When you worked at the company. Yeah. Part-time. Yeah. So I guess so it was, a side was hustle. your yeah, side hustle. Yeah. And now it's yeah. my full-time hustle. And, and yeah. I guess, everything that I'm doing now is a side hustle, the writing, the bios, the mentorship, you know, all that sort of stuff, because it's just passion. Mm. You know, it's pure passion for me. And I just would do it for free every day of the year. Um, so I think that my message and what I'll talk about, you know, after we chat to our expert today, my message is going to be around finding what's in alignment with you and doing it, you know, whatever that dream is. And I often tell people to go back to childhood and think about, you know, what did you say when you're a kid? You know, often people say, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor, a nurse. They're all the common ones, but it's like, what's your natural ability? You know, what are your natural gifts? Um, and with me, it's always been, you know, being able to touch people and feel, you know, I've always been able to feel energy in people. And I didn't know that was a thing, but you know, now I'm doing that for a living. I can't even believe it. Like I look back to childhood and I'm like, I didn't even realize that was something, you know, and I think a lot of people are like that where they have these natural gifts and abilities. And a lot of the people that I'm mentoring are like that, you know, they're like, I do have these sort of gifts. I want to develop that more. I want to find out what that is. So I feel like if it's in alignment, you know, whatever the side hustle is, if it's in alignment with you, and I'm going to give some really good examples later of people who are doing this and doing this super well and, you know, financially, but also loving life, you know, because it's in alignment with what they're doing. So is that sort of how you're feeling about it or? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like I love that. And when I think about it, you know, I was always someone, it's funny because I still will label myself as an introvert. If you ask me to, mm. I would say I'm like an extroverted introvert. Mm. Some people think I'm extroverted. If they know me well, they think that, but it's not a natural thing. I lose a lot of energy. I feel if I'm around too many people or I do too much stuff like that, yeah. but I was always a, a talker. 
I always talked a lot. I always got in trouble at school for talking. And I went to radio school and I worked on air. That was like my first real job was, you know, hosting a radio show. And I did that for years and stuff. So it's kind of funny how I'm now going into the podcast world. I've got, you know, on top of this, two other podcasts that I'm doing. So it's interesting. It's interesting that that sort of, you know, side hustle part of my business, I suppose, was really, yeah, really compliments the things that I naturally did as a kid. So I think that, you know, yeah, for me, uh, running Raw Raw, I was, I started it last year when I was still working with the company. And it was just a thing that I, I knew that I eventually wanted to run full time, but I, I was taking my time with it, I guess you could say, because I liked my job at the company. So it wasn't urgent for me to get it off the ground. And, you know, in, in hindsight, I'm so thankful that, well, I already talked about it before that I'm thankful that, you know, I was made redundant from the company, but at the same time, I'm thankful that the business didn't get off the ground before then, I think, because I thought of new things since then that I'm doing now that I probably wouldn't have known before. So, you know, it's all divine timing. So it's awesome. The radio bit is yeah. interesting with what you were just saying there, because I think a lot of people assume that if you're um, on radio as an announcer or whatever the, you know, whatever the case may be, that you are an extrovert. Mm. I think a lot of people assume that, but I've met so many people who are amazing on air, like amazing announcers, really yeah. great people that I've worked at different locations and they're completely like hermits like hermits they don't like going to the public events if they do they're very brief you know they're not mingling and then they just go home and they're in their own space um and i know one in particular um who has a home on an island (laughs) so he's um yeah he's a breakfast radio show uh host um who i've worked with and he has a he lives on an island um and so not permanently like he goes there when when they're in um survey break he like he literally gets on a barge and he goes to his island and he's not around a single soul and then he comes wow. back and then he does. Yeah. He, yeah. So it's really interesting. I find that quite interesting that you mentioned mm. that. Yeah. But if you think about it, it makes sense too, because as a radio announcer, it's one-on-one, right? We're having mm. a conversation with you at home. We're yep. not having a conversation to 10,000 people. people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. All right. So our guest today is Kylie Burnett and she's the co-founder and CEO of Flavorista. Now I do want to do a little bit of a disclaimer for our listener at home. I am a consultant with Flavorista. So I guess you could say that that's a side hustle for me. However, I will tell you that I'm the only one that buys from myself at the moment. So I actually haven't done any parties. I haven't sent my website links out properly. And you know, I know Kylie's going to listen to this and go, what? But I mean, frankly, I joined it because I love eating. I'm pretty sure I established that. And um, I really loved, you know, the products from the company. And I just thought that it was something I could get involved in and I could grow it when I'm ready in my own time. And I think that what you'll hear from Kylie is that, you know, a lot of people are in it for different reasons. And and that's important. So I do want to say that, you know, we're not affiliated with Flavorista. I did, we did talk to Kylie because she is a contact through me. Um, but we just thought that getting behind an Australian company um, that's run by two strong, independent Australian women was fabulous. And we love what they're doing. Michelle, did you want to add anything on that? No, I think that's, uh, that's good. 
Yeah, perfect. So let's let Kylie do the talking. All right. Our guest today is Kylie Burnett. She's the co-founder and CEO of Flavorista, an Australian direct sales foodie company which specializes in spices and salt blends, duckas, lush chocolate powders, olive oils, balsamics, dessert sauces, and toppings. I have tried many of them and they are delicious. The company is based on the Gold Coast and was founded three years ago by Kylie and Patricia Mayer. Kylie's career history includes media and PR, accounting, real estate sales, and operations. She was the chief operating officer at a direct sales company, from 2012 to 2015, during which time the company expanded its operations into New Zealand, the US and the UK. She's extremely passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves and excelling at what they do. Kylie has joined us today to talk about side hustles, essentially how she's providing a whole bunch of people with one and how her journey to, with uh, you know, into Flavorista officially began. So Kylie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, it kind of sounds like when you look at your bio, you know, chief operating officer, real estate, accounting, PR, you know, you kind of have all the makings of a, a CEO, but can you tell us a little bit about how Flavorista, you know, originally, I guess, manifested or, or um, you know, came to life? Yeah, for sure. So um, Trish and I used to work together in the other company that I mentioned. And, um, you know, we had a ball. We, we know each other's measure. We, we work together really, really well. Um, and unfortunately, we left that company just because we could see things that were going on with management and in, internally that we weren't that weren't congruent with our values. So we moved on from there, and we just went and we both just went and got a nine to five job while we, you know, regrouped and refocused and got some energy back. And the whole time we were talking, saying, "Okay, what are we going to do?" Um, you know, we're very passionate about the direct sales industry. Uh, we love the people who are in the direct sales industry. We know it's just such an amazing industry to be in. And so we just set to work and said, righto, let's plan this. You know, let's let's get to work. Let's weekly do the, the doing, um, set things out. And in increments over, you know, a couple of years, we were just looking at the different things that we needed to do to move forward and then launch. And, of course, you can't launch without a, a core group of leaders around you. So um, a couple of months before we launched, we approached a couple of the people that we had identified who would, would be great leaders as founding leaders for the company. We had that conversation with them and yeah, they were all said, we're in, we're on board. And in fact, some of them had approached us ages before that saying, if you ever start a company, you better let us know. So it was nice to know that people, you know, had that sort of faith in us. And of course, we had the faith in them too, and we needed them to get started and, you know, really start to build the, the consultant team. Um, it was, you know, it was incredible how it came about with the support that we had from people and I guess very serendipitous. I know that that can sound very cliched, but just the number of things that fell into place for us as we were planning and getting going um, was just truly incredible. So, you know, everything has, it hasn't been without its challenges, but it's certainly been a fun ride and it really has been something where we have felt we're in flow with. It's not like we had to force it or 
you know, it hasn't been this gut grind to do it. It's just been something that, yes, it's been challenging, but we've had a heap of fun doing it. And whatever challenges come up, we just smack them down and keep going. (laughs) So Carly, you mentioned leadership there and you talk about kind of the importance of that. Um, So what do you sort of look for in a leader? What's your um, perspective on that? Look, I think it's really important for a leader to be quite selfless. Um, And I don't mean that in a um, self-degrading way. I'm just talking about someone who has the ability to put their own emotions aside and to be able to connect with people in a way that's going to bring them on the journey. So in direct sales, you know, there are so many wonderful people and there's also, I shouldn't just say in direct sales, it's in any industry. I don't, don't want to generalize, but you will have the people who will say it's too hard. Um, it's not working for me. I need more support. And so we need leaders who are going to say, okay, well, what would support look like for you? All right. Well, what is, what is too hard? Really? You know, people who can work with other people to help them dig a bit deeper than just, coming up with those excuses to do nothing. Yeah. Well connected. I find, yeah. I love that, you know, you're talking about, you know, when you initially left, you know, that company was because the the values were no longer in line with where, you know, you saw yourself going or they were no longer in line with the person that you are. I am curious to know whether or not you had attempted other side hustles before Flavorista sort of started or whether or not you started with the Flavorista side hustle and that's sort of what you've been doing. Yeah, great question. Actually, I um, a friend of mine invited me to join a party plan company that she had launched and it was in jewellery and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get back into the field. Um, so I should just backtrack a little bit because I started indirect sales actually in the field as a consultant. Um, and from there I went corporate. So, you know, it was great to have that experience. And then when I left the other company, a friend of mine invited me to join her company and I said, yep, I'm going to jump back in and be a consultant because I just, I'm, I'm such a believer in doing the doing and experiencing what the consultants experience that to me, you know, if you, if you lose touch of that, you can go down a, a slippery slope of thinking everything's okay and fine and we're all mm. having a ball here at, at the top as such. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, your consultants could be floundering or unhappy about something. So it was really great to jump back into that and to just experience those challenges, you know, to feel that just to be in it and feel, you know, the feeling of asking someone, would you like to have a, a jewelry party? No. Okay. Next would you like to have a jewelry party? No. Okay, next. You know, and so, of course, I did have people, my friends who supported me at the beginning because that's what friends are for. That You know, that's the beauty of getting started in a side hustle. I'm a big believer in calling on your friends to do you a favour. It doesn't mean that they have to sign their life away. But, you know, I just so believe in saying to your friends, will you support me just to get started? Because from there, you can have that little further reach of their friends and their friends of friends. And before you know it, I would say if you continue to do that within a year, you're in a completely different circle of people who you've never met before. And that's as simple and as complicated as it gets. So to answer your question, Lauren, yes, I did. Um, It was a a great ride. And the beauty was, was too, that this woman knew that I wanted, she knew what was in my heart and what we wanted to do. So she was really supportive, just saying, come on, jump in, jump back into the game. Use this as your training ground again before you're ready to launch and do your own thing. 
So, Carly, you mentioned the connections there that people can sort of make, but I guess when people are, you know, starting out or thinking about getting involved uh, in a side hustle, what could the motivation be for them? Is it a lot to do with like the freedom, you know, having that sort of income stream and, and that sort of thing coming in? Is that largely what it's about or their, their motivation might be about? Well, I think the motivation is different for everybody. And I guess, you know, even for someone starting out, they, I would really love to encourage people to do a little bit of soul searching just around their why. So, you know, for me, when I first started doing direct sales, I worked in a fantastic job in the city in Brisbane for a international company. I had a window seat by the, you know, on a big 26 level building. I would look out at the Brisbane River every day. We lived the life. It was a great position to oh, be uh-huh. in. And, you know, we had a ball. I loved the people that I worked with, but I just, there was something inside me that said, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. This is, mm. this is great, but it's not, it's not going to set me on fire, if that makes sense. So yeah. from my point of view, I was just like, I want, to, I want to be in a position where I don't need to rely on an employer to pay my wage every month. I want to create that myself, and then I'm 100% in control of it. You know, and my why is going to be different from so many other people. We know from even speaking to our field, you know, we've got single mothers, one one of our leaders who's saving to buy her own house and she's just about to do that. I know another woman who wants to start her own dessert business. So everyone's why is different, but I think the important thing is to get very clear on your why and then get very passionate about it because that's what's going to drive you forward and take you over those hurdles that you get along the way because there are plenty of them. I love that. Michelle and I started this podcast. I don't think you know, Kylie, because we were made redundant on the same day from the same company at the end of March, 2020 through COVID. And so Michelle and I, we really turned sort of our side hustles, I guess you could say into full-time work. Um, I'm probably trying to turn mine into more full-time work than Michelle. Michelle's well on her way. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have this conversation was because, you know, I think in hindsight, we both knew, and Michelle will just jump in if I'm saying anything that she doesn't agree with, but that there's always going to be a a ceiling to your salary. It's always going to be a ceiling to the way that you can operate your own business. You're always going to have to, you know, act or react or do things, you know, based on somebody else's expectations for you, you don't have that freedom. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to do this episode was because understanding, you know, having that freedom and making your own decisions and being in the driver's seat of your life is really so key, I think, to having that kind of flow that, you know, you're sort of talking about and getting behind your why. So it sounds like relationships are really important. And I guess I'm kind of curious to know whether or not, you know, your past experiences have changed the way that you've set up Flavorista. I mean, you you initially mentioned that your values were sort of put into question at one of your roles. Do you have an open door policy? You know, you kind of talked about doing the role of a consultant and understanding people's point of view. So, you know, yeah, I guess, have your experiences changed the way that you run, you know, Flavorista as a model or, you know, just as a manager or a CEO? Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, Trish and I actually did a course together maybe four years ago now called Great Managers. Um, and they're still around. If anyone wants to look at them, they're incredible with what they do. But 
the the main takeaway that we got from that, which was really, I guess, maybe it was something we already knew, but we it, it was great to formalise it and really put it into practice, was the importance of values in a workplace. And so we really wanted to formalise that. And we've even done that when a consultant joins us, we ask them to list a value or values which are important to them. Um, because the training that we got and was, you know, the research is that if there's an issue in a workplace, it's usually tied back, If you can usually tie it back to someone's values. So if we know what someone's values are and there's an issue, we can have a conversation with them around that and what their values are and it's pretty easy to bring it all back and, you know, there can be a lot of drama around little issues that rise up and it's really important if you can just bring it back to their values, usually that can nip it in the bud and then it also creates a really safe place for everyone to be and everyone to operate within. It makes mm. the difficult conversations easier to have because you're referring to their values, not what we want them to do. Uh, yeah. So that's something that has been really, um, you know, fundamental for us um, as far as a company uh, you know, Trish and I, like I said, she's the most amazing business partner and we're really great partners. We're extremely different, which is fantastic. So, you know, where our values are aligned and we want to have our values aligned with every single person that we work with and so that it creates a safe place for everyone to be as well. Yeah, so Flavorista is a, a company, Kylie. Um, what sort of stands out to you about, I guess, its uniqueness, you know, how it sort of, you know, stands apart from, you know, other companies like it? And how do you position it in the marketplace as part of that, you know, to be different and kind of to stand out from the rest? Uh, well, we're a foodie company. So, you know, our range is all non-perishable food products that you can add to your everyday cooking to add lots of flavour. I don't know of anyone else in the direct sales market in Australia who's doing that. Mm. Uh, so certainly from our consultants' point of view, it's a great opportunity for the people who love to cook or even for those who don't love to cook and want a solution. Mm. They have a product that they can offer pretty much everybody. You know, everyone needs to eat. Everyone is always thinking what's for dinner. Everyone's always looking for or Googling, you know, how can I make this a bit more fancy or lovely? And, you know, I've got a crowd coming over Saturday night. What am I going to do? Flavorista fits in with all of that. And it's the food culture is so huge. The being together culture is even bigger now that we're in a situation where we are worldwide. Um, so as far as uniqueness, I guess, you know, that's our unique position because we're in the direct sales market and we're providing an income opportunity for people who are passionate about food. They just get paid to share the products. Mm. Yeah. So that's what we were kind of curious actually about if you could elaborate on your business model, because, you know, the whole episode here is all about side hustles. So if somebody at home is thinking, damn, I love eating. That's what I think. Um, and they want to, you know, find out how to get involved. Can you explain a little bit about how your business model works? Because I think sometimes there's a misconception that there's like, and I hope you're not going to get mad if I say this, but you know, that pyramid scheme concept yeah. where, where people think that's a negative or where they're not informed about how it works. So can you just elaborate a bit about your business model? Yeah, for sure. So even when I'm, you know, at a trade show or talking to the general public about, 
Flavorista and how we work. I just, I try to keep it really simple. And the best example I use is Tupperware because Tupperware is such an amazing brand. They've been around for a long time. Most people who you mention Tupperware to will understand what you mean. And then I go on to say that, you know, we're just like Tupperware, only we have food products. So instead of our consultants doing a Tupperware party, they'll go and do a food party. They, you know, the host will just gather a few basic ingredients. The consultant will bring the flavorista product to go with that. The host, you know, can choose a few items that she'd like to do. Every, it's very interactive. Everyone can have a little demo and, and try and taste the products while they're there. And then they can shop from the catalog and place their order. Uh, so obviously the host gets some lovely rewards as well. They can have, you know, their free, um, their wish list for free and half price. Um, and I guess, you know, when you mention the word pyramid and I get it, like people get angry. I don't get angry, but I'm like, oh, don't do that. I'll tell you, my experience is that, you know, I was telling you about where I worked in Brisbane in the lovely big office and with the view of the river. To me, that was the pyramid scheme that I was working under because the manager yeah. was on top. And so I kind of flip yeah. it in my mind. And yeah. it's interesting that you asked that question, Lauren, because just this morning I heard the most amazing reference or, you know, perspective about building a business. And this person was saying, do you know what? I'm the foundation. I'm the foundation of my team. And from that, I've got all these beautiful branches coming out. They're all the people in my team. And it's this beautiful tree because I've got all of these branches of what something that I've started. And that can be the case for every single consultant who joins, whether you've got a team of two people or 2,000 people or 20,000. It's a lovely way to look at it by seeing yourself as the foundation. I think there's a lot more ethical responsibility coming from thinking about it that way than thinking I'm at the top of the pyramid. That's a very, you know, it's just old, I think. Yeah. But it sounds like you're kind of almost, you're not worried about control. Cause I guess when I think about, you know, the pyramid concept and even going back to the company, Michelle and I call the company, the company, <laughs> but you know, it was sort of like, people are at the helm and they're wanting to control the way that everything's working. Yes. And sometimes other people have great ideas, <laughs> you know? And so it sounds to me like you're aware of that and you're allowing autonomy and independence as long as the values are still in line with, well, I guess when people sign on originally, you kind of, you know, already established that that foundation is one of, you know, integrity or, what honesty or whatever it is that your your values are i'd like to think that that's how we operate we you know we have a lot of people who make suggestions and sometimes we just say no but we'll give them a reason why and you know and sometimes we'll go we'll give it a shot let's try this oh and i'll come back because I, I know we're going to start talking about subscriptions at one point right so i'll give you an example when we talk about that we can't just say yes to everything that everyone asks but if we do say no we do give a reason why because they might think oh yeah this is a great idea why don't you do this and we can say well we could but if we do that then this will happen because where we are from the inside looking out and operationally, we know that that might not work or if, you know what I'm saying? That there might be some other consequence, which is why we'd say no. Yeah, but you're still happy to listen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
Carly, in terms of um, challenges and, and things like that, and, and what springs to mind for me is, I guess, the thought of um, having gatherings during COVID-19, which, you know, wasn't allowed. So I guess I'm interested to know, you know, if that has been kind of a major challenge for you and, and if so, how you've overcome that, whether, you know, we're doing Zoom gatherings, you know, that sort of thing. Like how did you sort of progress through there and, and if there's other challenges you've had to overcome, you certainly mentioned that as well. But I, I, that sort of springs to mind as maybe something that wouldn't have been a big challenge for you guys. Absolutely. It's funny, Michelle, um, right at the beginning when it was all just, you know, I think everyone was in kind of right at the beginning, everyone was seemed to be in shock and mm. everyone was mm-hmm. paralyzed. And I remember just getting on a call, like doing a live into our group one Sunday and just saying, guys, I just want to connect with you and let you know your customers haven't gone away. They're just at home. So don't let this cripple you with fear. Let it propel you into action focus on what you can do not what you can't do you know everyone needs to be safe and protect themselves I'm not asking you to do anything you shouldn't be doing but we are going to be a company and we hold the context of being solution focused so Mm. we believe that when we ask our brain a question what can we do our brain immediately goes to work to find an answer Um, and do you know what to the consultants credit they have absolutely smashed it Our socials have increased because they've been doing them all on, we call them a social, it's a party. Um, Our socials have increased, they've been doing them online. The sales at those socials have increased. It is absolutely phenomenal what these, and I'm saying girls, it's, there are men who do it as well, but it's, I would say 98% women who are in our company. Mm. We absolutely adore the men who are in the company. They are fantastic. But yet the whole team, have the, the people who were already doing socials have just continued with it. And we had some people because we also allow consultants to do markets and trade shows. So, of course, a lot of those shut down in different parts. Of, they all just went straight over to doing online socials and they have smashed it out of the park. We, we did see probably a week or two in April where everything seemed to go deathly quiet but it has only grown since then and we've been on an increase ever since then. Mm. So there is also amazes us. Yeah. Yeah, but it kind of sounds like, you know, you're constantly innovating, you know, like you were talking about there, you're thinking about ways of making it work as opposed to going, oh no, woe is us. You know, you're going, all right, how can we rise above? How can we innovate here? You know, so I know one of the things that you do in your business as well is you offer promotions and you started subscriptions, for example. I know you kind of had a spoiler alert there before. So, you know, what are some of the ways that you do continue to engage your community and continue to innovate? Where do you get your inspiration from for that as well? Okay. Well, I think, you know, the whole online sales world, people need to be constantly entertained and they always need something in front of them. But we do like to be thoughtful about it and we do plan our promotions ahead of time. So for the people who are doing socials or parties, we have host and guest specials every single month uh, where the guest at a social, for instance, who spends $50 this month, they can choose any olive oil or balsamic for just $10. So they're saving $11. We always want to incentivize and give people an extra if they spend so much money. And then, of course, we've got the host rewards and an extra gift each month that goes with that. Um, In March, I was talking to a consultant who had emailed saying, do you know what, it's not working for me, I'm just going to give it away. 
and I just messaged her and said, do you mind if we talk before you decide, you know, make that final decision? Because A, I would love to know, is it something we're doing that makes her want to give up or, you know, what is it, what's going on? I, I'm just curious. So I had a chat to her and she said, oh, you know, I've tried different things and I used to be an Avon consultant, but Avon has closed down now. And, you know, I had 200 customers so every month I would be getting about 50 orders from those 200 customers. I'd just deliver all the catalogs, get the orders in. And so when Avon closed, that disappeared for me. And I was like, okay. I said, you know, just let me think about this and let's brainstorm. But then I just had this epiphany that we've got products that people could be getting into their hands every single month. And I'm like, where are all those Avon customers? Like, and not just them, any, any customers are everywhere. So I guess that's what really sparked the idea about the subscription and giving people an opportunity to try the different products each month at a discounted rate. So there's a sweetener there for them, making it super simple. It's $33 a month. They can try two new products. It includes shipping. It's set and forget, um, but they're getting those two new products. So that's certainly one program that we brought in which has been very successful um, and certainly one which you know even for someone who doesn't want to go out and do parties if they've got the brain or the the mindset I should say not the brain the mindset around okay well how many customers do I need to get this amount of income a month that's where they can build that without even having to step out the door uh, mm. so that's just a, an example and then of course we have you know we've got online sales as well so people could just go to your website Lauren for instance as a mm. consultant and go and purchase the products without having to host a party uh, mm. so every now and then we like to offer a special as well so at the moment right now you know we've just said all orders over $65 between midnight now and midnight tonight gets a free passion fruit dessert sauce so it's a it's an, a nice incentive for people who don't want to attend the party who don't want a subscription it's we just kind of like to throw things in where we've got something for everyone right so you just keep trying new things you just think of an idea try it and see if it works and then yes and then we've got join specials as well so we you know usually each month we offer a join special you get the the normal $49.99 or $149 kit and so we will rotate um, specials with that with the 99 and $149 kit. Will you get some extra special gifts with it each month? Yeah, good value. Um, are there plans to expand, Kylie? Like are there, so obviously there would be, but what are your sort of plans around, you know, expanding and, and growing your business? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, we want to expand. Um, certainly into New Zealand and the USA, they're the two that are on our sites. Uh, I would say that New Zealand would be first because it's an, not, an, I'm not talking easy as in we want easy, but it's a great market to transition into. Um, and we have a lot of people over there who are kind of banging on our door saying, please let me know when you're going to launch. Um, so we, we know that that's the next place we want to go. However, we've got our own um, goal with what we want to achieve here sales-wise before we take that next step. Mm -hmm. But we are planning in the background. It's just that we know where we want to be financially and sales-wise and really rock solid here in Australia before we take that next step. 
So you mentioned earlier about, you know, one of your consultants, for example, is saving up to buy her first home, you know, and I guess, you know, the whole conversation here is really around side hustles and finding that additional revenue in your day and maybe turning it into a business that you can run on your own, regardless of the side hustle. So in your experience, what do your consultants love the most about having this side hustle? Again, Lauren, I think it's different for everybody. Um, for some yeah. of them, it is absolutely making the money um, because yeah. you know that's and that's a great I, I, that's a great motivation. Making money is an awesome motivation. It's not for everybody, um, but certainly making money. Um, I know that there are people who want connection. They're social butterflies, so they love nothing more than to you know be online and you know some people have just got the gift of the gab. So whether they're online or doing parties in people's homes, they just absolutely love that connection and meeting new people. And you know what? There are some people who are terrified of it, but they go and do it anyway. And they've shared those experiences with us. And they're not the most, if you met them personally, you wouldn't think they're the most outgoing people on the planet, but they're the people who are in our top 10 for the year as well because wow. they do it despite feeling that, oh, this is not my favourite thing to do. Do, they go out and do it they're energized by it they love it and then they go and do it again so yes certainly I would say the money the social part of it I think the significance knowing that they can achieve something is very important I just know that there are so many people who do not get the encouragement and the love and the feeling of significance that they need that we all need as human beings at home you know some of them have partners who are saying what are you doing that for it's stupid they have family who are telling them that. So for them to over even overcome that and get out the door is to me is phenomenal. That will yeah. that spirit of I'm gonna do this no matter what. It's that, you know, some people need that challenge and they want to go, I'm gonna do this despite you. In terms of the why, you mentioned the why before as being pretty important. Um, you know, an individual figuring out, you know, why they want to do this or why they might want to get involved. Would you say that's sort of key to them, you know, getting involved? Like that's a pretty important part is figuring out the why um, for an individual? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, they could get all excited about it because um, they think, all right, well, I might, you know, I'll get 25% commission. That sounds great. Or because their friend has been hounding them to do it. Come on, do this with me, which is exciting as well, right? There are a, re a lot of reasons why people join, but the reason why they stay and make it work is, go is often going to be completely different. And you don't discover that usually until the challenges start to happen and it gets a bit hard. And that's when I would just love to encourage people to dig a bit deeper and go, all right, am I really doing this for the right reasons? And, you know, it, maybe it's not for them. Maybe they do need the security of a nine to five job, but we all know what that looks like now even more so now in today's climate, there's no yeah. job security anywhere. So, you know, people, nope. I think just what's, what's their resolve, what, how big is their why and how, what, how big is their, their reason for wanting what they want? If it's, if it's big enough, it'll work. And the other thing I would just love to say to people is that it's very easy to say be passionate about something, but I've got to say for a long time I didn't know what I was passionate about. But then I listened to a podcast about, you know, how passion can actually be ignited. You can work on it. If you make yourself get excited about something and you, you think about being passionate about it, you can actually grow passion. 
it's it's not like you need to have this little tiny flicker and then you're blowing up with excitement it can be something that grows because it's it happened for me um and it came it, it happened for me because i stuck at it for a year when i first started in direct sales i said to my husband darling i've got no idea what this is going to look like but i'm going to do one party a week for a year and see what happens and i was scared i was i mean i'm an outgoing person but it's still just that oh i've got to go and speak to people I don't know and what's it going to look like and am I going to make the sales I need to and am I going to get any bookings but each time I just made myself go out there and do it and then I would always come back to my husband and go oh my goodness I had the most amazing time I met the most amazing people and he's like you say that every time I'm like yeah but darling I really did (laughs) so you know other people energize you and obviously the vibe you put out I think makes a huge difference in the room as well you have to be excited and and on and all that thing but I do believe that passion can grow Um, but you've just got to you've got to stick with it just don't give up yeah, I love that. And I will say that it's pretty easy to get passionate about delicious food. And Michelle's a vegan, and there are a lot of things in your range as well that she could eat, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. So is there anything, Kylie, that you wanted to mention that we didn't ask you today just before we sign off? We will leave all your contact information in the show notes. We will leave um, you know, all that if people want to you know, look into Flavorist more as an option for them and their side hustle but if there's anything that you wanted to bring up that we didn't ask you? Oh, look, I think just for anyone, obviously people who are listening to this are in either in the direct sales world or they're looking to become or to join the direct sales world. Mm-hmm. I would just love to say to you, you know, pick something. If, you, if you're right into makeup, then find a makeup company and go for it and be the best at that that you possibly can be. Yeah. If you're into nutrition, then go for it. Be a product of the product. You know, just go and have fun with it. If you can't enjoy what you're doing, then you've got a problem. Nothing else is going to flow from that. I just, my biggest tip would be find, you know, something that, find something that's congruent with you. Have a look at the company's programs because obviously that's important as far as your growth and your ability to earn an income. Have a look at their comp plan. Compensation plans can be a bit of a minefield. So, the, you know, even if you're looking at a comp plan, then ask a hundred questions about that comp plan if you need to. Um, be just it's no question is a stupid question. So if you don't understand the comp plan, then keep asking questions until you do. Even if you just need to get the basics of it, that's really important if the money side is important to you. Um, and, you know, we have so many consultants, God bless them. They're so beautiful. We're like, you promote and they're like, yay, what does that mean? They don't even know because they're just doing it unwittingly what they love doing. And there's plenty of people out there who aren't in that mindset either. And that's perfect because they're doing, they're doing their business from a place of passion and excitement. The money side's not really number one for them. It's important, but it's not number one. Yeah. Um, so the programs, the comp plan, you know, obviously the values of the company, you want to, everything's just got to fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well said. Well, thank you so much, Kylie. That was great. Definitely a lot of information. And I love the fact that, you know, you seem to focus a lot on relationships, open door policy, innovation, and just being as, you know, transparent with, you know, the people that you serve and um, the people who work with you and for you as well. So it's great to see that. And I know that you're enabling a lot of people to find, you know, their independence and their 
you know, to, I guess, feed their why, no pun intended. Did you mm-hmm. both see what I did there? Very nice. You're all tish. Very good, Lauren. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Michelle. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. So that was our interview with Kylie. What did you think about that, Michelle? Yeah, I got a lot out of that, Lauren. I actually really enjoyed what she said about, you know, when she got started and was talking to her husband. I really liked that um, Mm. where she was like, I'm doing this kind of side hustle thing and I don't really know where it's going to go, but I'm just really enjoying meeting these people and having these parties. And she was sort of talking about that path, you know, not kind of knowing what that path is going to look like. And he said, well, you know, darling, if you're enjoying it, you know, just keep doing that, you know, keep doing that thing. And I think that's really fabulous. And I resonate with that because for me, starting my side hustle as a full-time job, I was the same. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I didn't know what that path, you know, was going to be, but all the, you know, certainly what this was going to be, you know, the end result. But, you know, I just had to trust that. And I think if you are enjoying what you're doing, I feel like you're going to be supported in it. That's my, that's my vibe. And that's certainly what's um, been my experience and what has been Kylie's experience from what she, um, she just outlined to us there. Yeah. You know, I love that she, yeah, she said exactly that, you know, when she was talking about flow and, you know, one thing um, that I will say too, is that when I first joined, I had some questions, you know, me (laughs) about Mm -hmm. the website and I actually set up a call. She made the time to talk to me and I, I took her through some of my questions and she was really receptive to that. So I can say that, you know, everything that she said that she does, she actually does do. Yeah. Uh, because I, w- I was witness to it. And, you know, I, I've got to say that when she talked about the motivation for people getting behind their why and, you know, some of the people wanting to be involved, you know, in Flavorista or whatever side hustle you want, whatever community you want to be involved in. I love that, you know, she shared stories of people doing that. Right. Yeah. And the independence that's giving them. And it's inspiring because, you know, you want to make your own money. You want to be financially, you know, dependent on yourself because it's important to have that autonomy, I think. And especially when you're in a relationship or a marriage, obviously you probably share money, but at the same time, you know, being able to kind of handle your own, I think is important personally. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. Gives you that freedom, I, that financial freedom. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I just, I I love what they're about and constant innovation and looking to expand. And I think it's inspiring when we talk with other strong-willed businesswomen who, who started a business and, you know, are cranking it up and building empires. Like it's just, it's motivating, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think um, in terms of, you know, tools, we like to give people our listener at home tools, you know, to improve your life um, and things that have sort of helped us and, and guided us. And, and I guess um, I alluded to it earlier in the show, Lauren, um, I've got some good examples of women and you mentioned strong women. These are strong women, you know, doing their thing and incorporating it. And, you know, we do hear sort of, um, you know, a lot about direct sales and, and things like that. And um, certainly I see promotions for different sort of opportunities popping up um, pretty regularly on social. But within my circle, I know on the Gold Coast, when I was down there, there was a really great yoga instructor. She's amazing. And so she sells, you know, the doTERRA oils. And so she incorporates that into her class where she'll walk around and she'll, you know, put the oils on us. She like um, allows us to smell the oils, rubs her hands together, does those ones when you're doing like the beautiful like yin yoga. 
And so she incorporates it into that. And so then if you go, wow, what was that smell? And what was that oil? And I really liked that one and blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, well, they're here and you can, you know, do this and do that. And, you know, so she incorporates it into her yoga class and there's absolutely no pressure. You know, she doesn't sort of pressure people. She also does like one uh, yoga classes that are called like sensi yoga. And so that's specifically where you go in and you hear about the oils and they do actually go through and sometimes she'll bring other consultants in and stuff like that. But it's always very open and I, I like that, you know, because you can go along and they can talk to you and yeah. you, you know, it, you're aware, you know, it's not sprung on you. So I think she does a wonderful job um, and yeah. I like the way she incorporates it into her business because that's her business. She's a yoga instructor and it works. So I think with the oils, yeah. um, I also know other, another um, doTERRA person who's fabulous. She's quite high up and, you know, just it's really in alignment with her and she's from the bush. So she's from the land and she's like, you know, into the whole you know, growing things and plants and nature and herbs and the smells and the cooking and all of that stuff. Mm. And she got into their terror too, because she was like, you know, I really enjoy, you know, at markets and things, you know, inviting people to come over and smell the different scents and see which ones they really resonate with. And she's like, that's the one that your body's asking for, you know, because I, I know mm. I've ordered some oils and one of them that I ordered, um, it's called Peace. I literally can't smell it. Like I literally can't smell anything in it. So that's an indication <laughs> that my body kind of doesn't need that. But the Forgive, I got Forgive and it's like unbelievable. It's got this woody fragrance. It's like amazing. Right. I'm like, oh my God. And then I had this uh, lady turn up and she's another consultant. I must know a lot of doTERRA consultants. She turns up with this sleep oil and didn't realize I hadn't slept for two nights very well because I was very worried about, you know, the mentorship and everything going on. And she rocks mm. up with the sleep oil she made for me. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like, that is amazing. You know, here you go. And I'm like sleeping like a baby. So I think if you can align it with what you're doing, um, and they're just a couple of examples of really great people yeah. that I feel like have really done that well. Um, another one, um, they do isogenics, another friend of mine, she and a partner, husband run um, a PT group. So they do PT sessions at their home, um, really large groups of people. And I was attending those when I lived on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So they just incorporate all the products into their classes, into their sessions. And so the people that attend their PTs tend to sign up and, you know, purchase the products and use them and, you know, rah, rah, rah. So I think that's a gain. Like if you can incorporate it into, mm. you know, your business, if you're selling that product and you're not an active person, I don't know that that's in alignment, you know, with what you're, mm. what you're about and what you're doing. So um, yeah, I just feel like they're really good examples of people who are doing what they're passionate about. And then they, because they started those things first. I mean, um, my friend was a yoga instructor before, you know, she became involved with doTERRA and same with the PT people, they're involved with that. And then they got involved with the product. So it's like you have your dream first and then you incorporate, you know, into uh, that to grow your business. So yeah, I just thought that was, um, that was a really good example of that. So we're getting to the party element, Lauren. Yeah, I just wanted to say, First, so on the back of that, it really reiterates the whole getting back to your why. And your why, if you're doing yes. something you love, technically your side hustle will probably complement yes. that if it's in line. But you but I but the examples that you used are perfect. Like they're they're people who are they know their shit. They're yeah. doing it right. Like it's it's authentic. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, uh, Michelle, it would it would actually make sense for you to also sell DoTerra. Yeah. Well, I I have an account, but I just don't sell it. I'm like you with the Flavorista. Um, I have the account, yeah. but I just don't sell it. So I use yeah. the product, but you and know, I have them here, and people. To you, 
Yeah, I use them on my clients. Like I purchase them and I, because I can claim it through my business. So I claim yeah. the um, products through my business and then I use it on my clients. So I'm actually incorporating it into, you know, what I do. Um, but for me, yeah. I don't yeah. believe in, for me, it doesn't align with me. I don't believe in doing that. It's not, it's not something that I want to do myself. And I'm a bit like you with that in that respect. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess. But if you had a few extra bottles, if I came to you and I smelled something and I loved it, I might buy it because I want, yeah. I want to take it home with me. Yeah. Yeah. And see, anyone can do that. Um, anyone can sort of sign up and become a wholesale, you know, customer, which is what I've done. I'm, I've just signed up yeah. myself and I just, you know, purchased them and I don't have to sell it. So yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I just personally don't want to, yeah, I don't want to sell it myself. Well, you clearly have a lot of people that you can refer on anyway. Absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Getting into the party, bit of party mixed in with business. What's going on with the party yes. this week, Lauren? Well, the party is brought to you by your business, Michelle. Oh, that's exciting. Um, so <laughs> Michelle, our price, the light worker. Now I've got that down pat, haven't I? Mm-hmm. Uh, Michelle, our price, the light worker. Yep. So um, readings, healings, uh, paranormal clearings. I do parties. I do do gatherings. So if you're having a hen's party or any sort of girls weekend away, um, I'll come and do readings and healings at your girls weekend away. If you're close to the oh, Sunshine Coast fun. or on the Sunshine Coast is good. Um, so yeah, all sorts of gatherings, uh, mentorship as well, um, and spiritual media relations. So if you've got a spiritual business you want to build, um, I can help you with that and get the attention that you need. So Michelle, our price, the light worker on Facebook. Fabulous. And Michelle will put a link to that in the show notes as well. So that if you didn't get all that, you can just click the link and it'll all be there. So the party element today is essentially to, you know, with the whole um, food topic, I thought, why not? Why stop now? Mm-hmm. So it's really about, you know, I think trying, trying a new recipe or doing something maybe a little bit different, or if, you know, you're going to be cooking the same old thing, maybe try it in a different location. So for example, you know, we sat outside, my, um, my partner and I, we sat outside and we had dinner the other night and we sat, you know, under the fairy lights and it was, we had some candles and we just talked and it was just wonderful, you know, to just sit and eat dinner and talk and, you know, not have any distractions and just enjoy each other's company. And, you know, I think that we probably don't take enough time to do that. Sometimes when the football's on, we want to watch or we want to watch a movie or something like that. We tend to default, maybe eat dinner and do that because, you know, for eating late and whatnot. Uh, but sitting outside, trying a new location was just wonderful. And it's something that I want to make an effort to do at least once, if not twice a week. That's so fabulous. I, I would definitely that. encourage people. Yeah. Try a new recipe or, um, do something else. Yeah. So Lauren, as I sort of said before, with recommendations and inspiration for this week, what I was um, looking at was, you know, being in alignment. So I had another little example here of um, someone who is definitely in alignment um, with what they're doing. And it's about this new sort of um, healing machine. I don't know if you heard about it, but it's, um, it's really going great guns in my industry, you know, for light workers and things like that. People oh. who are healing for um, a living. And I know a lot of people around me are sort of purchasing it. It's another direct sales, you know, thing. It's a German uh, company. And um, I went and had a look at this. And, and as I said to you with the doTERRA, you know, I love the product and I'm happy to use it. But for me, I just don't want to be selling um, the product myself. So I checked it out and I was like, yeah, you know, it, it does work and I'm interested in purchasing one, you know, for myself. 
but certainly um, other healers and people who are working in my industry around me are purchasing them and they are selling them because we do have a lot of people who are quite unwell and who are in pain. It's a pain relief machine. And so, yeah, it did sort of occur to me, maybe, maybe I do this, maybe I don't, but I do feel like, um, as I said before, you know, if you can do it in an authentic way, which is what, you know, those other examples of the women that I'm talking about yeah. doing, yeah. Um, if you can do it in an authentic way and it aligns with you, I think, you know, hats off, let's do that, you know? And so I just wanted to give that as another example of another product that I've seen that's definitely in alignment with what I do. And I want to share that, mm. you know, I want to share that, you know, use it on my clients and all that sort of stuff. So manifesting yeah. money for that one because it's um, a bit, bit pricey but yeah i think that's you know that's really cool and it is a good product so you know um like flavorista you know the products um you love your food you love to use the products um you know it's fantastic and you know if you sell them great it's in alignment yeah um yeah so i guess that's my message for this week just check if it's in alignment yeah yeah i think so um and one day who knows i might decide that you know that is something that i want to do maybe i want to pass it on and, and start selling or something like that i don't know but at the moment, I'm just keen to sort of use it for my clients because I believe in it. I think it's a good product. Yeah, cool. Love that. So coming up on the next podcast, we will be talking about beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And we're going to be talking about, you know, maybe some of our beauty regimes about, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, different things in relation to beauty. Because yes, we are a business podcast, but we also like to beautify ourselves as we well. We are ladies after all. We are ladies. Yes. <laughs> and I love hearing what skincare things people do. And yeah. I love all that information. So yeah, you can learn so, so much. There. You can learn so yes. much. Exactly. So that has been Business in the Front. Party in the Back. Podcast. And if you liked what you heard, tell everyone. And if you didn't like what you heard, Lauren, don't tell anybody. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Boom. Shaking it up. <laughs> yeah. Thank Love you it. for listening. Thank you at home. And um, yes, thanks, Michelle. And I'll talk to you soon, my friend.